48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. A respected legal scholar warns the government to tread carefully when using the society's ordinance. A search is on after a paraglider disappears on Lantau and a gunman goes on a rampage in Toronto. A constitutional law expert says the controversial move to ban the Hong Kong National Party should be resolved in court. Professor Simon Young from the University of Hong Kong says if the government wants to use the society's ordinance to ban the group, it'll have to prove the move is necessary to protect national interests. The party has two weeks to submit a statement to counter the move. Professor Young said the government should tread carefully, as banning the group would mean anyone associated with it would be a criminal. This would be seen as a test case for the courts to give some flesh and meaning to uh, those words uh, in the legislation. But I'd also urge the administration and, and the authorities to act cautiously here. That I talked about the criminal law consequences from getting prohibition, that they would act cautiously and not act on those powers and start prosecuting people, simply because that would give rise to great concern in the community. Meanwhile, the police commissioner, Stephen Lowe, has stopped short of saying if other political groups that advocate self-determination or independence are being investigated for threatening national security. While he wouldn't comment directly on the case of the National Party, Mr Lowe said officers are duty-bound to collect evidence if they detect any illegal acts. He also said the police respect the freedom of association and freedom of speech. The police commissioner was asked why officers didn't use the society's ordinance to ban triad groups. Regarding the case of the National Party, because it is now undergoing a legal procedure under the society ordinance, so for this case I would not comment the details. But for trial societies, I don't agree uh, your comment because we have been doing a lot of uh, operations, including undercover operations against uh, trial and also their sources of income. We have uh, been dealing with this uh, triad offences or triad crime all the way. Rescuers are continuing their search for a missing paraglider who disappeared yesterday afternoon in strong winds on Lantau Island. The man belonged to a group paragliding at Pak Gung Ao. His motorcycle was found still parked near Tung Chung. Here's Janice Wong. The Hong Kong Paragliding Association said a group of gliders were caught by a fast-moving squall and had to make emergency landings. Some suffered minor injuries and one is still missing. There have been at least two paragliding deaths in Hong Kong over the past 20 years. In 1995, Cathay Pacific pilot instructor Richard Keane hit a tree after jumping from Tin Ha Shan Hill in Sai Kung. Another death happened in 1992, involving a veteran who made mistakes when he was trying to perform aerobatics. The Obscene Articles Tribunal has been urged to review how adjudicators are chosen after a novel by popular Japanese author Haruki Murakami was deemed indecent. The decision came months after his book Killing Commendatore went on sale here. It's now only available to readers over the age of 18. Lam Supan is one of about 500 adjudicators and he calls the he called the classification system unfair as panel members aren't randomly selected and some apply to represent their own religious views. He says the selection process should be the same as for jury members. Some people may have bias, but they apply to be the adjudicators, and I think it is the main problem of the system. Maybe some people from the church may apply to be the adjudicators, and they mobilize their supporters to be the adjudicators. So I think the system 
do not have enough representativeness. The Court of Appeal has rejected an application from the so-called King of Judicial Reviews to overturn an earlier ruling that he couldn't challenge the validity of former Chief Executive C.Y. Leung's oath of office. Richard Pine reports. Kwok Chuk Kin lodged an application for a judicial review of Mr. Leung's oath in November 2016, saying the former chief executive had inadvertently omitted Hong Kong from his swearing-in on July 1, 2012. Judicial review applications are supposed to be made within three months, but Mr. Kwok said the application was lodged because of the National People's Congress Standing Committee's interpretation on the issue of oaths in November 2016. The Court of First Instance refused to grant an extension and also rejected the application for the review, saying the proposed grounds weren't reasonably arguable. Mr. Kwok appealed to the Court of Appeal, saying the judge hadn't taken into account the NPCSC interpretation. But the appeal court's three-judge panel also refused to grant him leave to appeal, pointing out the lower court had paid regard to the interpretation, why it couldn't be used as justification for the delay, and why it wouldn't form a reasonably arguable basis for a legal challenge. The Court of Appeal said there's no reasonably arguable basis for suggesting the lower court was wrong and ordered Mr. Kwok to pay Mr. Leung's legal costs. Mr. Kwok, a retired civil servant, has filed over 20 applications for judicial reviews over the past decade. He's been banned from applying for legal aid and is reported to owe about $40 million in costs to the government. Over 300 people have queued for priority passes to the annual Animation Comic and Games Fair, which starts on Friday. For the first time, the organiser is issuing 500 early bird passes, where customers submit personal details and have their faces scanned. Spokesman Felix Poon says it's hoped the facial recognition system will deter ticket scalpers and queue jumpers. The most significant changes is this year we have all details of these people, like the ID card, the face recognitions and the name. We don't have it before. Well, so far, this is the first time we operate that registration. Well, we need to wait for, I mean, when open, people will satisfy with that card. Nobody can change it and they follow the order. I mean, this is what we expected. 17-year-old Ian Wu says he's happy with the new arrangement. He queued for about 14 hours for a pass. I'm sure this system can uh, guarantee the anime fans can uh, enjoy and find what they want during these limited borders. Last year or before, uh, many fans or people have to wait early two days or maybe about this. But they got tired uh, during this uh, period. So I'm sure this system will be helpful. And in breaking news, a gunman in Toronto has shot nine people, including a young girl, before killing himself. Police say the conditions of the victims are not yet known, and it's too early to say whether the attack is related to terrorism. The shootings occurred in the neighbourhood known as Greek Town. An army of police, paramedics and first responders descended on the scene while residents, some in their pyjamas, came out of their homes to see what was happening. Unlike the United States, mass shootings are extremely rare in Canada. And we'll have updates on that story on our, weekly, on our hourly bulletins throughout the afternoon. A former election campaign advisor to Donald Trump has dismissed as ridiculous allegations that he conspired and collaborated with the Russian government. In a television interview, Carter Page denied ever being an agent of a foreign government. His suspected links to the Russian authorities are contained in documents made public by the FBI in response to a Freedom of Information request. Mr Page was scathing of the allegations. It's just beyond words, you know. It's... Uh... You're talking about misleading the courts. It's just so, so misleading going through those 400-plus page documents. You know, where do you even begin? It's literally a complete joke, and it only continues. 
Finance ministers and bankers from the world's largest economies say increased tensions over trade are poising a risk to global growth. At the end of a two-day meeting in the Argentine capital Buenos Aires, the G20 group called for greater dialogue to reduce risks to the global economy and to strengthen confidence. The EU's finance commissioner, Pierre Moscovici, said an ongoing trade dispute was damaging and stressed the bloc wasn't to blame. The EU is certainly not the author of major trade imbalances. Trade tensions are high and they uh, strengthen to escalate uh, further. And all of this uh, creates significant uncertainty uh, for the economic outlook. In Beijing, the Commerce Ministry says it's launched an anti-dumping probe into imports of stainless steel from the European Union, Japan, South Korea and Indonesia. The move follows a complaint by a mainland steelmaker with backing from four other mills. They say a rapid increase in steel imports has hurt the mainland market. China imported 703,000 tonnes of steel products in 2017, almost double that of a year earlier, with most of them coming from the regions targeted by the investigation. China and the EU are embroiled in a growing trade war with the US, which has put steep tariffs on their steel exports. Regulators in the United States have approved a drug that can cure a recurring form of malaria with a single dose. Tafenaquine is the first malaria drug approved by the Food and Drug Administration in 60 years. The BBC's Smitha Mundasad reports. Vivax malaria, the most common form of the disease in Latin America and South and Southeast Asia, can be a challenge to get rid of. That's because the parasite can lie dormant in the liver and reawaken several times. Existing drugs can kill the sleeping parasite, but need to be taken for 14 days, and some people stop as soon as they feel better. Now the Food and Drug Administration says a single dose of tofenoquine can help flush the parasite out of the liver. The British former army officer who founded the Syrian civil defence group, the White Helmets, says he's delighted that a hundred of the rescue team have been evacuated by the Israeli military. But James Lemessurier said that joy was tempered by the knowledge that tens of thousands more Syrians were being chased down by the regime's forces. Here's the BBC's Alan Johnson. All through the Syrian civil war, there were major assaults on rebel-held towns and cities. Syrian government jets, Russian jets would pound away uh, and often there was devastation in residential areas. And when that happened, very often we'd see white helmet rescue workers moving into a newly hit building, searching for survivors. And for many people around the world, the white helmets became the only heroes of the Syrian civil war. But the government and its supporters saw the white helmet rescue workers in a very different light. Sometimes they would argue that these were stooges of the West and other times they'd argue that these people were no different really from the jihadi type of fighters. In more financial news, shares in mainland vaccine makers and biotech firms have fallen across the board after Premier Li Keqiang slammed Changsheng Biotechnology for having crossed a moral red line. The company is found to have violated standards in making rabies vaccines, fabricating production and inspection records. The company shares have suspended trading in Shenzhen today, but many other vaccine companies fell by the daily 10% limit. To currencies, and the US dollar is trading at 110.89 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar 17 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 31 cents. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 28,267, 38 points up on the previous close. Turnover was $42 billion. 
And now with the latest sports news, here's Adam Jung. Hong Kong's rugby sevens team reached the bowl final at the World Cup sevens in San Francisco, but were beaten by Chile. It was a rematch of the World Series qualifier quarterfinals when Hong Kong lost as host earlier this year. Chile made a blistering start on Sunday. They scored three tries in the first six minutes before Lee Kato got Hong Kong's only try. The South Americans went on to win 20 to seven. Hong Kong finished 18th out of 24 teams by reaching a bowl final for the first time. New Zealand successfully defended their World Cup sevens title after beating England 33 to 12 in the championship final. South Africa beat Fiji 24-19 to finish third. To golf, Francesco Molinari has become the first Italian to win a major title after victory at the Open in Scotland. He closed on eight under par and held off some big names to win. He finished two shots clear of four players that include former major champions Rory McIlroy and Justin Rose. Molinari says he was happy to come through as a winner on a challenging course. You know, on a course like this, there's. Not a lot to enjoy, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I did it very well. I, you know, I felt I felt ready for it. I thought it could have gone either way, but I felt ready for for the challenge that was in front of me, and obviously it worked out well. Where has this incredible run of form that's brought you to this come from? I think it's a lot of small things. You know, obviously it's a, it's a long journey, and sometimes things click. And uh, everything becomes a little bit easier. Francesco Molinari speaking with the BBC's John Bennett. The Italian also overcame the pressure of playing alongside Tiger Woods, who returned to his best form in a decade, ending three shots behind the eventual winner. Last year's champion Jordan Spieth finished a further shot behind. To cycling, Denmark's Magnus Kort Nielsen dominated a three-man sprint to secure victory on the 15th stage of the Tour de France. Kort Nielsen looking over his right shoulder. His Aguirre launches, and that is the point where Magnus Kort Nielsen responds. The Dane gets out the saddle and explodes. His Aguirre is on his tail, but it's Magnus Kort Nielsen, the young Dane, in his debut at the Tour de France, who will win stage 15 of the Tour, and he celebrates. <laughs> But it's Garen Thomas who retains the yellow jersey. He has a lead of 1 minute 39 over his team's guide teammate Chris Froome. And finally, in football, Borussia Dortmund came from behind to beat Liverpool in their International Champions Cup match played in Charlotte. Virgil van Dijk's first half header was erased by two goals from Christian Pulisic before Jacob Brun Larsen added a third in a 3-1 win for the German side. And that's your look at sports. The news from RTHK.
strawberry lingerie. Waiting for you, strawberries lingerie. You told me you want away. Mess around, mess around, put it down on you. I'ma do everything I said I'm gon' do. Pretty little body, it look better on you. Might have to blow it like a feather on you. What a horse, ooh yeah, you better come true. Come true. 